Hi, welcome to Tube to Table, the podcast about helping tube-fed kids become happy and healthy eaters. Every week, we will dive into the basics of tube weaning to help unravel the conflicting information families get from doctors, therapists, friends, and family. I'm Jenny, a feeding therapist, mom, and food lover. And I'm Heidi. I'm also a feeding therapist, and I love sharing meals with friends and family and helping kids learn to eat. Come with us as we share practical tips and provide real-world expert advice so that parents can help their little ones start their journey from feeding tube to family table. Hello, and welcome to the Tube to Table podcast. In this week's episode, we're going to be talking about the measurement trap and how people often get stuck measuring progress with numbers, graphs, charts, and logs instead of kind of looking at their kiddo and the responsiveness of the feeding situation. And this week, I have a special partner in crime here. Jamie Hinchy is joining me. Hi, Jamie. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you doing? Good. You guys probably remember Jamie from the episode she did with Benji's parents and other episodes that she's done with Heidi when I was off working in other areas. Jamie's a part of our tube weaning team at Thrive and you just finished a wean yesterday, right? Yeah, I just finished a remote wean. Went really well, which was good. And yeah, and we're getting ready to, I think in a few weeks, I start another one. So so great timing. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. And actually that's kind of part of how this episode was born. Some thoughts that you had about some of the things that came up for the family while you were winning. But I wanted to just give a quick little apology, I guess, for the fact (laughs) that I am in quarantine just like everybody else. And I am sitting outside on my balcony because there are children and (laughs) people in my house. And so I found like the only quiet place I could. However, it's outside. So if you hear background noise like birds and stuff, I'm not at the zoo. I'm at my house. I had to go outside so I could get a little work done. I have to be creative these days. (laughs) Yes. So the measurement trap. This is like the most common stumbling block that we find after we've weaned a kid. Not that it's not an issue beforehand, but after we've weaned a kiddo and worked with their family intensively, either in a remote wean or an in-person intensive wean, that it's one of the hardest things to let go of. What that tells us is that it's really deeply embedded in this whole process that parents go through while Mm -hmm. they're trying to get their kid off of a tube. And I thought I could just tell you like some of our observations is that it's really hard to let go of measuring things like ounces, pounds, CCs. Also keeping things like really strict records or Mm -hmm. logs, meal times, it's really hard to let those things go. And that's probably born out of the fact that in the early days of the tube's necessity, logging things was probably really important. Yeah. And I think a lot of families, yeah, families who have spent time in the NICU or families who had a child that went through surgery or something where, like you said, the tube was a necessity. It was also a necessity to know how much they were getting through the tube, how much they were taking by mouth and really being specific on the numbers. I think you and I have both seen families where we start with a wean and they have their whole, you know, Excel sheet of numbers and Mm -hmm. it feels really safe for them. And it makes sense that it feels safe for them, but It's also really important as we start to transition them into a more responsive feeding approach and during weaning that we're helping them still feel safe while taking away some of that focus on the numbers. Yeah. Yeah. And also for a lot of our kids, like measuring things in addition to like the tube stuff, but like measuring things like oxygenation of the blood Mm -hmm. and measuring things like dosage of medications, like parents have to go through such a learning process Mm -hmm. when they're born, when they come home with a kid from the hospital that has complex medical or health needs going on. And so, and they have to learn how 
how to kind of keep a nurse's or doctor's log at home. And so it really is super, super important to do, but it's just as important to undo for the things that have to be done, like feeding and the things around food. Because what we know from our work, but also from research, is that when we focus on measurements instead of the interaction or the child's response to feeding and how they're interacting with food and around food, it can actually impede their success in the long run. So just to kind of make that explicitly clear in the beginning. If we want kids to succeed and get off their tube and stay off their tube and be healthy and happy eaters into the long term future, then this actually isn't just like a luxury. It's something that has to happen because we know that this focus on numbers distracts families and therapists, quite frankly, it happens to us too. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. From focusing on the very stuff that can get you out of the tube dependency trap, (laughs) if you will. Yeah. And the numbers are so easy to get stuck on. They're so easy to kind of get lost in, even when you're figuring out like rates of a tube feed or supplementation and how much, and you can easily get lost in it. I think that takes it away from really focusing on what the child's showing us. And as, like you said, as therapists, we've all experienced that while weaning and really had to take a step back for ourselves. And if that's hard for us to do, then it's especially hard for the parents to do who have been doing it for so long. Absolutely. And one of the things that comes to mind is that parents often don't realize how much they need that stuff until Mm -hmm. the weaning process begins. So if you are weaning with your own medical team at home or in conjunction with the team that you're working with, which is what we suggest that you try to get some support from a physician, at least, sometimes you don't discover how much those kind of graphs charts. I mean, Jamie and I know families that have had the Excel spreadsheets, but also Mm -hmm. families that have had really elaborate dry erase systems like you would in a hospital and apps on their phone and all sorts of different ways of measuring things very precisely. You don't know how dependent upon you are in them, just like in everything in life until you're not doing it anymore. And so meaning parents are often surprised by this challenge. Like I didn't see that coming. I thought it would be fine. I wanted them to eat for so long. I didn't think I cared as much about the numbers. I just wanted it to go well and feel natural and normal. But then Mm -hmm. it's really scary. And that process is normal to kind of just start taking that away. So that's why I also think it's important as you choose a team member to work with that you're choosing somebody that can kind of support you Mm -hmm. through that process. Yeah. And just help you like let go of that control. And I think we actually have a blog post on the Thrive website from a parent that wrote a blog about that exact thing from a parent's perspective. So if you're struggling as a parent, we can share that in the show notes as well. But it, it just is really important to think about why that's so important to you. And then also we'll go through some strategies to help you have something to do. Because I think a lot of parents feel lost. If we just take away the numbers, we don't give them anything else to do instead. They're like, very lost and confused. Yeah. So like the first and most obvious thing is if you're working closely with a physician, which is what we recommend to determine safety parameters. And if those safety parameters are specific, then you can focus on those things, which tend Mm -hmm. to be things like, are they peeing enough? Are they pooing? Are they sleeping? Are they acting lethargic? We don't want them to be acting lethargic. Yeah. And, you know, if those, am I missing any big ones? I think those are the big ones. Um, no, I think that's so, it. Energy, yeah. sleep, those things. Yeah. Yeah. And we're looking at like over periods of time, weight can be a part of one of the parameters, but it's not like a daily weight check. It's like yeah, periodic no. growth mm-hmm. analysis. And so that can be helpful that if you have that in place and you could always fall back on the parameters, that's probably the number one tool we use as therapists to help families yeah. kind of 
gauge, are we okay here when it feels scary? And like and have not, something to like kind of keep track Yes. Of. And then the other thing, which we did talk about these things in, there's a podcast episode that we did about measuring progress. In fact, I think that's the name of it, but we'll link to it again in the show notes yeah. in, in this episode. But that episode, we talk about, well, what do you measure? Because it's often hard to take something away and not replace it with something. And what we're going to eventually replace it with is just a natural family mealtime where you have intuition about whether your kid's doing well enough in general over time or not. But in the meantime, to get to that place of really kind of thriving as a family at mealtimes where that you're able to gauge your parental instincts are kicking in and not that they weren't ever gone, but they've been covered up by the tube. And so like feeding yeah. becomes normal and that you kind of just know by how your kid's doing in their life if they're in a safe spot. So some of the things that you can use during the weaning process or in the month or two that follow weaning, because we do like to remind people, it's not like does take a while to flatten out, just like learning to feed a newborn, you know, yeah. it takes a minute to kind of get the hang of it. There are some things that you can look at during that transitional period after you've started to wean for those first few months. And the biggest one that we talk about is enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Are, is your child okay? Are they enjoying yeah. the meal? Is it stressful? And are they getting pleasure out of it? Regardless of how much is going in or how much they're weighing or how many calories are in the foods that they're eating, are they able to sit at the table and enjoy the interaction or the experience itself? Yeah. And I think that's especially important, like you said, in the months after the wean, but when things feel a little uneasy. So whether they're having, they have a cold in a few weeks after the wean or they get the stomach bug or something happens where you're feeling like, oh no, we just weaned and now this is happening. I have to go back to focusing on the numbers. And of course, the first thing we want to look at is those safety parameters, but then the enjoyment piece is huge there of saying they might be eating less if they're teething. They might be taking in less, but we're not focusing on those numbers. We're going to focus on keeping the mealtimes positive. And like you just mentioned, making sure that the parent can still tell us, you know, one thing that they enjoyed at the mealtime or one positive aspect of the mealtime. Yes. And then another thing that you can look for in your child to know if it's going well is in initiation. Are they mm-hmm. initiating anything around food or drink? That initiation is a great thing to look out for because many yeah. kids, even though they might have been eating in therapy or with therapy strategies at home prior to a wean, they're kind of tolerating it versus initiating it. And so that's another really great thing to look for. Like, are they initiate? And by initiating, it might mean, depending on the age of your child or their abilities, it might mean that they're coming to get you and saying, I'm hungry. It's not one way or another. It also may mean at the table when everybody's there or just you and your child are there, that they're like looking at the food, asking for more with their eyes, reaching for more with their hands, telling you with words that they want more, doing it themselves, whatever the case may be. Are they initiating it? Or are they kind of passively participating and let it like tolerating it? That's the big one. It's huge. And I feel like that's something that every time they do that or every time a parent is able to see a child do that, it helps build that trust that we've talked about in past episodes. But then building that trust is naturally going to help families rely less on the numbers because every time they can see, oh, they did enjoy, they did initiate, they Mm -hmm. are coming back to it. Parents can think like, okay, I can trust them and slowly chip away at that trust building too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then like other things that kind of are good to look for, they might not be, you know, getting 
progressively better at every meal because, you know, eventually kids hit a plateau. Like, for example, my three-year-old, it doesn't do better every night or every week. He does what he does. One of the things you can kind of look for is, are they, is their attention at mealtime? Has that gotten better? Because often what we see is that kids pre-wean really don't want to be at the table. So that gets into the enjoyment piece of it. But then once they're at the table, they want to be done as soon as possible. And that has two pieces to it. That's endurance because they're working really hard. And then that tires them out. But then the other piece of it is nobody has good attention for things that they're not enjoying or for things that don't have meaning for Mm -hmm. them. And so if we can give food meaning and mealtimes meaning, it can really help kids stay at the table a little bit longer. Although, listen, it's hard to keep small kids at the table no matter what, no matter what. But that piece generally is something that parents share with us is something that they can see changing. And we can certainly see an improvement in from the beginning prior to weaning a child when we see videos in the evaluation phase and post wean when they're really in a great spot. Yeah, it's It's huge. And it's again, like those are, they might not seem obvious in the beginning or seem easy to track in the beginning, but I think you're exactly right. We're at the end or even a month later if parents go back and watch old videos or think about what it looked like, they can then think, oh yeah, this is very, we are able to track this. We can definitely see an improvement here. And so keeping all of those in mind is really important when you're doubting something or when you're worried about something. Yeah. And just to take a left turn here, like if you give up the numbers and the measuring and you have no problem, it feels really natural and fine for you. You don't have to replace it with measuring this other stuff. We are only giving these ideas in case it's really hard to let go of, which it often is. And so those are really good things. So it's this quality. That's the commonality, right? In enjoyment, initiation, and attention. There's like more quality interaction at the table. And what we know from research and from the work that we do, that is if you focus on quality and connection, it leads to quantity Mm -hmm. and growth later. But quality leads to quantity. And the quantity becomes what the child needs, not what like a graph told them that they need or an X number of MLs that they need and an X rate of percentage growth. That's not how kids know that they're in a healthy spot. They know because they can self-regulate. Absolutely. And I feel like that's really hard because on the tube, oftentimes, you know, the number is given to them based on a calculation and it's like, this is exactly what they need. So that number, at least you know, in recent weans that I've realized or I've seen is that that number gets translated to like, no, this is what they need to take by mouth. And what we found is that it sometimes is very different. And I think that's exactly what you're saying of giving the child the ability to tell us how much water they actually need or how much food they need to eat to feel full and feel good. Yes. And I will kind of defer here to, we had Dr. Katja Rowell on an episode Mm-hmm. that we did. And we'll also link to that one in the show notes that talked yeah. a little bit. It talks a, about a bunch of stuff. But one of the things that comes up a lot is the misuse of weight and growth charts. Mm-hmm. And she just restated something that we really know, but she stated so well, kind of from other areas of medicine when it comes to kids and growth and eating disorders and stuff like that, is that we want to be looking at a child's state, not just their weight, but a child's state, not just mm-hmm. their ounces, a child's state, not just the log, how many new yeah. how many bites did they, there's so many things you can measure. You can measure those same things. We need kids to be growing. We need them to be getting enough, but that can be measured instead of in the log or the spreadsheet that can be measured by looking at your child. Mm-hmm. Are they doing, are they engaging in activities that they enjoy? Are they meeting milestones and doing progressing through milestones? If the answer is yes, 
And you can see that there's growth, not just weight growth, but growth across the board. And your physician and you have both kind of done the research you need to do to know about how weight charts and growth charts can be misused. Then you have enough information. You don't need to kind of micro analyze small measurements, though that's much easier said than done. I really like her thinking about that state versus weight, state versus measurement for us is really important. Yeah, I love that. And it's definitely hard to do. I mean, as therapists, like we said, we can struggle with that. So as parents, it's okay if you're listening to this being like, that's way easier for us to sit here and say than do it. So you can start small, you know, and I Mm -hmm. was just talking about this with another parent. If for, you know, you need to do every other day, you're taking you're like tracking their state and then you move to every three, you know, it's okay to start where you feel comfortable with too and not feel like it's this huge thing that you have to do in one day because that's not realistic either. Right. And the other thing that I just would love to maybe wrap up with is that parents know their kids better than anyone. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that the tube does is it saves lives and it keeps kids healthy. But another thing that it does accidentally, secondarily, is that it takes the parental intuition out of feeding. And what you want the weaning process to do is give you the space to start listening to that instinct again and just start having intuition about how your child is doing based on what you see versus what you measure. And just Mm -hmm. a reminder that just like your child's ability to eat is in there, it's just hidden by the tube and the tube feeds and the tube dependency. So is your, I mean, there's nobody Mm -hmm. that knows your child better and that will emerge. But just like weaning off of a tube for your child, it takes a minute. And so you might need to use some of these kind of interim strategies to wean yourself off of those measurement traps. We hope this was helpful. If you like what you heard today or you have any suggestions, please go ahead and follow us. Certainly rate a review wherever you listen to podcasts and follow us on social media. We're on Instagram and Facebook and can be found if you just search for Thrive at Spectrum Pediatrics or yep. Thrive by Spectrum Pediatrics. You can find us there. Thanks, Jamie, for joining me today. It was so good to have you. Bye, you guys. All right. Thanks. Have a good one. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Tube to Table podcast. Every week, we're going to share our show notes at thrivewithspectrum.com. In the show notes, you can find a summary of what we discussed and links to all the resources that we mentioned. Also, you can visit us on social media and Instagram and Facebook. We can be found at Thrive with Spectrum. And on Twitter, you can find us at Thrive with SP. Please don't hesitate to reach out to us on social media and let us know if you have any input or any topics that you'd really like to see us address. We'll be back next week.